Hello, and welcome to Forward Church Online. In this weekly podcast, we hope that you'll have an encounter with God through inspired teaching and discover practical ways to help you live a life of purpose. We hope you enjoy today's message. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. place at the right time for a very, very important message, not only this morning, but for also next Sunday. It's going to be a little bit different, so you need to gear in, lock in. In all the years of ministry, and that's close to 36, 37 years of ministry, I've never preached on this subject before. But today, in obedience to what God's been speaking to my heart for two months, during the month of August, I've been preparing for this time. Everyone say prepare. This morning there is a message in the throne room that God's delivering to the nations. I thought you were thinking to forward church. It's for all of us, not only here, but across the nation and around the world. The title of the message this morning is A Place Where You Do Not Want to Go. One of the greatest dangers of this century, and thus one of the greatest triumphs of Satan, has been the growing disbelief in the existence of hell. What we need today is a fresh visitation on the reality of hell and the reality of eternity. I was at school this past week, and I always ask the Lord for little nuggets, little signs, little glimpses that I'm on the right track. And one of my colleagues said, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. There are people in hell right now. While I'm delivering this message this morning, there will be those who will be exiting life into a Christless eternity because they did not know Jesus Christ. In the book of Matthew chapter 7, And verse 13, and I'm asking that if you have your Bibles, you can open and follow along, or you can follow along on the screen. But I also want you to be prepared for in just a moment, I want you to know that the world believes in hell more than the church does. Let me say that again. The world believes that there's a hell more than the church does. And it has become very popular in the body of Christ not to preach about the reality of of a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 13, Jesus speaking, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. And so as I was pondering that passage, the Holy Spirit showed up. How many know that He always does with the Word? And He gave me these thoughts. You can know where you are going by the road you are on right now. You can be actually experiencing this worship service and not even know God. So years ago, there was a rock and roll band called ACDC that actually showed the world that there's a party going on and you're invited to that party. While we sit comfortably in our air-conditioned facilities, there's a world that is lost and dying. There's a world that needs to know the one you claim to know. But you'll need to be here next Sunday also so that you can hear that there's words that you never want to hear from the word, from the mouth of the Lord Jesus Christ. But this morning, we're going to talk about hell. Because under my watch... I never wanted to lose or be a losing coach when I used to coach in this community. As a minister of the gospel, I don't want anyone to walk through these doors going, they never really told us about both sides of eternity. When you walk out of here this morning, you're going to know there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. Now, this is going to be a little bit of an eye-opener for some of us, and I struggled with it during this week going, should I really do this? And when I got clearance from heaven, I'm good to go. 
But I want you to listen to this song and look at the lyrics. It's entitled, I'm on the highway to hell. prayer this morning. Father, let that be the closest that we ever come to the reality of demonic voices singing in our ears. Father, we take the words of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ seriously. And we are asking in these moments that you will so energize this house So anoint my lips and steady my steps that I will be able to bring this to the culmination that you so desire and that there's one person under the sound of the Spirit of God this morning that they would come out of the party life, come out of playing with the things of this world and give their heart to Jesus Christ. Father, I ask that you would forgive the body of Christ for diminishing the reality of where your son has already been and purchased for us eternal life. And God's people said, in Psalm chapter 9 and verse 17, it says, the wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. And for this nation who has the tendency to forget where we have been, May the sound of God's word this morning bring us to our knees so that this nation is not turned into hell. One has said hell will indeed be very real, eternally real, since Christ is both our creator and our savior. Let me read that part again. Since Christ is both our creator and savior who died for our sins and defeated death by his resurrection. It is foolish for anyone to reject his revelation about hell. In a moment, you're going to hear about the revelation of hell. And I got to tell you, that's one of the most anointed songs of the world. Because I love music and I used to listen to those kind of songs or that kind of beat, it's easy for me to step back into that arena. There's an anointing on that song. And if that's what you're looking for, I have good news when I finish this message this morning. There is no party in hell. And if you're talking to Satan here, wait till you get there. In Revelation chapter 1 and verse 18, it says, this is Jesus speaking, I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I'm alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys 
of hell and of death. I've got uh, a dinner on the uh, table today. My son said, you'll never get through this message. If you think you can, I'll buy you a steak dinner. When food's on the table, we're going to get to the finish line. But my heart goes out to people in, in the Christian circles that where many of us live and walk who will make comments like, I believe in heaven, but I don't believe in hell. Then you don't believe in Jesus. Because Jesus had more to say about hell than he ever did about heaven. And in fact, he went to hell. And he took away the keys of death and hell. How stupid can you be? I can't believe you just said that. Let me say it again. How stupid can you be to believe that there's no hell? Please don't say that to other people. Because their blood will be on your hands. Jesus died that we might be born again. In Revelation chapter 20, verse 13, 14, and 15, And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every man, according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. I want to ask you a question this morning. Has your name been transferred? Has your name been changed from the realms of darkness to the Lamb's book of life? Do you know that you know that your name is written down in the book of life? I'm talking about not as a Baptist, not as a Presbyterian, not as a Lutheran, not as a Charismatic, not as a Catholic, not as a Pentecostal, not as an Alliance. I'm asking, do you know that your name is written down in the book of life? While I was saying that, someone slipped out of this life into eternity without Jesus Christ. I did some research this past week, and I don't want to use the time. You may do so if you would like. There were scientists in Siberia that began to drill down to the center of the earth. They went down so far that they could begin hearing the screams that were miles below them. I actually played that, and I was in awe of what's going on in hell. As we get ready to go to the story of the parable of the rich man and Lazarus, you're going to understand that hell is not a place for a party. They may have partied last night at UF, or they may have partied over at FSU, or wherever you follow your team. But those kind of parties are not going on in hell. Are you here this morning without Jesus Christ? If you have your Bibles and would like to follow along, we're going to go to the main passage now. It's in Luke chapter 16, verse 19 through 31. For those of you that would still not like to agree with God's word about hell, this is Jesus telling the story. And the Bible says that God is not a man that he should lie. So why would Jesus tell a story that wouldn't be true? May God hold you accountable if you do not change your position on heaven and hell. In fact, I didn't even need to tell you that. You are accountable. Beginning at verse 19, there was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. At his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus, covered with sores and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. The time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. The point from this part of the passage is this. Eternity touches both the rich and the poor. If Jesus chooses to tarry based on the Father's command, see, I could move quickly off my script and begin telling you that Jesus doesn't even know the hour. The Father knows the hour. That would be in the book of Acts. But Jesus is waiting for the command from the Father to rescue the church and bring the church home to heaven. But the real church isn't those who've been, listen, signed up by membership. It's those whose names have been written in the Lamb's book of life. But Jesus is tearing so that others can be rescued and brought into eternal life. Death will touch all of us. Every one of us Eventually, if Jesus tarries, 
are going to have that moment when we transition from this life into eternal life. Either separation or communion with Jesus Christ. Verse 23. In Hades, where he was in torment. I'm sorry, ACDC. That was a cool song when I was a lost person. Living by the standards of the world. Thinking like the world thinks. But according to the one that actually was there, it's a place of torment. He looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. So he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I'm in agony in this fire. Hell is a place of eternal torment and agony. I was sharing with Joshua the other day I said, who is the bread of life? And he said, Jesus. I said, guess what won't be in hell? There'll be no bread. Even prisoners years ago, when they were actually in prison, they were always given bread and water. There's no bread in hell. But not only is there no bread, when you reject the water of life here, because Jesus said that he is the water of life, Can you imagine being in hell and having no water? You reject him here, you pay for that there. Well, if I can just get out of this service, I won't be back. I won't change the message. Verse 25. But Abraham replied, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things while Lazarus received bad things. But now he's comforted here and you're in agony. And besides all of this between us and you, a great chasm has been set in place so that those who want to go from here to you cannot, nor can anyone cross over from there to us. Death creates the great divider. I can't imagine being separated from my loved ones forever. I can't even imagine if I was in heaven Or let's say they were in heaven and I wasn't in heaven knowing that they could see and I could see, but I can't touch them and they can't touch me. That's agony within itself. Parents, I want to ask you a question this morning. Do you know that you know that your children are born from above? Jesus said this, you must be born again. Jesus never said that you needed to be in church every Sunday. We could talk more about that, about the body of Christ and not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. But Jesus said, you must be born again. And it's not born into a denomination. It's born into the kingdom. I'm asking you. Boy, I feel uncomfortable in here this morning, Pastor. It's about time. It's about time. Do you know that your name has been written down in the Lamb's book of life? Do you know that you know that when you're done here, heaven is your home? Why did you say that? Because death creates the great divider. Verse 27. And he answered, Then I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my family. I thought it was a party going on, ACDC. Let me also let you in on that script just a little bit. If ever there was a sound... If ever there was a voice that I could recognize having walked in the Spirit that sounded like a demonic voice, that would be that voice. When you begin to embrace what the world has, you take on the characteristics of hell on earth. How many young people are in hell right now because of ACDC? I beg you, Father, said, send Lazarus to my family, for I have five brothers. Let him warn them so that they will not also come to this place of torment. So today is also a day of warning. Maybe this whole house is filled with people that already know Jesus Christ. But it's a day of warning. Do you have family members? Do you know friends? Do you have colleagues that do not know Jesus Christ? You can't ramrod the gospel down their throat, but you can live in such a fashion so that they are ready to meet Jesus Christ. This is a warning. I'll soften it just a little bit. This message today is a warning to this region. Hell is a reality. 
verse 29. And Abraham replied, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. Hell is also a place for those who did not listen while they were here. Not merely here in a service, but would not listen in the school, would not listen to their parents, would not listen to community leaders, would not listen to those who are over us in the Lord, would not pay attention to the guidelines that have been established in this nation for years, would not listen. Those that will not listen are on the highway to hell. Do you listen? Are you listening right now? Or have you already shut down? I didn't come here this morning for this kind of a message. Can I give to you some other places where you may go and feel comfortable? There are plenty of churches where you can be comfortable. As I said at the outset, I've never preached on hell before in over 30 years. Today, the Lord has challenged me to bring to this house, to our young people, to our children, as this ministry begins to flourish and grow, that people are not deceived when they come in here. Just because you come in doesn't mean that you're in. This is a great day of warning, not only in this house, but to our whole nation. I pray for this nation that we do not forget our forefathers. I pray that we do not forget those that have gone before us. I pray that we do not forget what has been laid down before us, that we will not trample over the lives of men and women who have sacrificed, who died, so that this nation could be a representation of what Jesus Christ can do. No, we've not been a godly nation, but we used to be a lot better than what we are today. Verse 29, Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. Hell is a place for those who did not listen. But then the response from the rich ruler said, No, Father, Abraham, if someone from the dead comes to them, they will repent. Let me mention this to you, and it's not going to be on the slide. People who say no here are still saying no in hell. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So if you have a no to everything that God says to you, you need to really check your account. You really need to check to make sure that your name is where it's supposed to be. It's a dangerous thing to stand and to sing with others that he has your whole heart and everything belongs to the Lord, but you walk out of here and every time you hear God's voice, it's no. It's no. It's no. People who have a solid no are those who don't listen. And those who do not listen are those that will find themselves in a Christless eternity. Verse 31. Before I move to that, remember now, the rich man said, please send somebody to my family. This place is so bad. I don't want anybody else who knew me and I knew them. I don't want them to come here. Doesn't sound like ACDC had it right. And repentance is your choice. You know what? I'm not going to walk up to one person today and go, are you ready? Because I'm saying it right now. And repentance is your choice. And repentance is not a moment. Repentance is every day. Every day, willing to repent, willing to walk up to your parents and go, I apologize for my attitude. Parents going to their children, doing the same thing. Husbands and wives turning to each other and saying, I need to make this right with you. <clears throat> if you don't make it right in what you've got now, when's that going to start? Well, I'm going to walk out and get into another relationship. Yes, right. And that which you take into that relationship, you'll do all over. Are you listening? Verse 31. He said to him, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced if someone rises from the dead. And the Spirit of the Lord gave this to me. The supernatural acts of God doesn't change the human heart. And that's what concerns me as a minister of the gospel who grew up in a very conservative evangelical ministry and God's brought me into the full view of what's available in the kingdom. I believe in all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But wait till next Sunday when you hear what Jesus has to say to people who prophesied in his name. You want to be back next Sunday who cast out devils in his name 
and what he's going to say. You and I don't have the final word. You know, being a principal now, I realize that kids still want to have the final word. Even when they're walking out of the office, they're still going to say something. And I just simply say, shut the door as you go. Because you were done when you got up. I don't want to hear anymore. We, we do not have the final say down here. He has the final say. And I don't want anyone sitting here under the sound of the gospel this morning going, I'm all right. That great song that they sang from the movie Caddyshack. Nobody needs to worry about me. But see, God's given me the responsibility as a shepherd not to get into your business because I don't track any of you through Facebook or anything else. But God's given me the responsibility as a pastor over 30-some years to make sure that you know where you're going. And it's your choice. If you think hell is going to be the place to be, get there. Go quickly. And you're going to find out, man, you're hard. No, I'm not hard. I'm real. I'm telling you the truth. Don't play with this thing called life. I'm asking you this morning, whose uniform do you have on? I'm not talking about athletics. I'm talking about what type of clothes are you wearing. I'm not talking about the latest fashion. I'm talking about are you dressed in robes of righteousness or do you have self-righteousness? I'm asking are you all covered up with the things of this world? Who's behind all of those masks? Will you take them all off? And will you make yourself known unto him? Are you willing to cry out and to say, I need a Savior. I need a Redeemer. I need forgiveness. I'm in trouble. The rich man was so concerned about his family once he realized that he wasn't going to be able to get out and there was going to be no water for his tongue. Notice that I brought some up here to the platform. There's no water in hell. And there's no timeline in hell. I've preached a lot of funerals through the years and I've always tried to be very careful, extremely careful. And I've never made an announcement or a pronouncement over a person's life. But it's a dangerous thing to simply say, Everybody's a child of the king. Everybody, yes, you were all birthed by him. Yes, he's your creator, but that doesn't make him your father. Come on, church. Come on, church. I even asked my wife this week, I said, of all those that preach on TV, how many messages have you heard on TV about the reality of hell? Not many are teaching that. Not many are preaching that. Because that could cut back a lot of things. A, attendance. B, finances. I don't care about either one of those. I know you're freaking out right now. Folks, I've been here since 1988. I've seen high times, low times, and no times. But I've been preaching faithfully since we arrived here in 1988. You are not going to move me. You are not going to shake me. Your walking away is not going to change the gospel. Come under the sound of the gospel. Are you ready to meet Jesus Christ? And so I come to that last verse again. And so he said, well, listen, if they won't repent, could you, do, could you invite God through the prophetic? Could you have them do some kind of a supernatural move? That will catch their attention. We have seen supernatural things happen in this community. I have witnessed people who've made it through the process of death and God's brought them back. I've seen young people turn their lives around. But that's always a choice. Don't bank on the supernatural making an impact on somebody's life. Because it's their will. Oh. Ooh, I just want to jump up in my prayer closet and have a moment of praying in the Spirit. Because that's where the battle is. Watch this. Every person in hell right now, and by the way, there were several others that just went into hell while I've been preaching this morning. They are there by their own will. They're there by their own will. We love to do battle out here on the front lines. We love to get into confrontation with others so it can be a challenge of the will. But listen, it's a losing event when it comes to your eternal well-being. 
Everything is on the line. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm saying to you, it is not worth one moment of having your way to miss heaven. I don't remember who said it. And since I can already taste that steak sandwich or whatever he's going to provide when he provides it, because we're pretty much close to the end of all of the notes and everything. But, you know, I could preach without all of that. That's what he was concerned about. That's what he was banking on. I want that steak well done. The only blood I want to see is the blood of the lamb. No blood in my steak. One writer put it this way. Man's greatest judgment from God is when God permits us to have our own way. Every individual that has been turned into that Christless experience of eternal torment into hell had it their way. Are you here this morning having it your way? Are you winning all the contests? not talking about sports. I'm talking about life and death issues. Are you the one that always comes out on top? You may actually be on the bottom. Is it that important? Is it imperative to you that you must always win? Every challenge, every disagreement in the home, every battle with your child, you've got to win? I thought he won. I thought he brought me to a place where I surrender. Ladies, if you're always giving yourself to those young men, I found out and I shared it with my youngest son, and this is how much deception can be in the house. The Bible says if you're sexually immoral, heaven's not your home. When I was, I could preach on that. It's in God's word. Fornication, young people don't use fornication. They're talking about shacking up, sleeping up, jumping in the back, getting it on, letting it loose. I'm not going to, anyway. I'm not out of touch. I told you it was Alan who looked older. Try to break that to you. As a teenager, young people, I was sitting in the house. I used to go to camps. I used to go to weekend retreats. But I was an immoral person. As a young person, but I had convinced myself with his assistance that I was okay. If my life had been completed as a teenager, I would have missed heaven. Irregardless that my father was a pastor, irregardless that I was always in church, except when I snuck out and then showed back up at the end of the service. Young people, you're not doing anything new. The writer of Ecclesiastes says there's nothing new under the sun. You haven't got no game like that. All the games have been played. You're just doing them over at the cost of eternity. How many times do we have to fail as adults to where we finally come to the foot of the cross and go, I bring you all my failures. I trade them in for a new heart. I desire to be born from above. Not into a ministry, but into the kingdom. Do you understand that there are going to be pastors who are going to stand before the Lord and give an account for the thousands that came into the ministry but never came into the kingdom? Are you still here? My responsibility is not to see how many will come here, but how many will come to him. And I'm asking you this morning, do you know that you know that you know him? Man, you're playing for real, for real. I want this more than any game I ever coach. I want to make sure that everybody who's here today has a relationship with Jesus Christ. And when you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you don't sleep everywhere. You don't drink everything. You don't smoke everything. You don't insert everything. When you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I want to close with a brief story that I think uh, can touch our hearts this morning for that steak. Just make sure it wasn't birthed in hell. I don't want it burnt. Just well done. 
look, I'm a softie. I'm going to let him off the hook. That's my son. But he didn't think I'd get through it. Shoot. When it's game time, let's play. If you tell me what we're playing for, I'm all in. Let's go. I mean, did you, what did you say this is all about? Come on, let's go. There was a young businessman by the name of Kenny Botsford. He and his co-worker were closing up their business when they were hit by men who walk and live on the streets. Immediately, his partner went down, and then they shot Kenny in the back of the head. Both men were pronounced dead at the scene of that crime. But here's the story. I can smell it already. I'm talking about that steak. Got to play for real. Let me pause on that for a second. I haven't done that in years. So let me use that for a moment. Let me drop this into the young people here this morning before we close the story. I was out working with Joshua yesterday, and I said, son, there's two things that you must have in your life as a young man, as a young teenager. You need to have these two things. One, you've got to have multiple gears. And number two, you've got to have a driver. No, 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 no. Not somebody driving you. You've got to have your own set of clubs. I tried golf, but I'm too out there. I used to throw my golf clubs further than the ball. Yeah, and that's when I knew that would not be the right passion. I don't have the patience for all that. But I understood the driver. That was a very special club that you needed to start your game. God is wanting to create in the lives of young people a driver that's driven by the Holy Spirit so that others who try to overpower you can't step into your life and get anything because you're a driver. And then gears, all of you that own vehicles and any of you that like to do that mud kind of stuff with your vehicle, you know gears are important. I was talking to an individual yesterday. He was talking about his truck, and he said, man, my truck is something bad. I looked over at my little truck, and I said, "Mm." (laughs) because his was all jacked up as a big old truck, got the big engine, and mine's waiting to go to the shop on Tuesday. (laughs) I didn't talk about her because she's still doing me right. And he started talking about his gears, how he likes to jump out on 75. And he likes to get in between vehicles. And then he he likes to let people think like he doesn't have any juice in it. And then off he goes. He's got gears. He's got gears. Young people, God's wanting to deposit gears in your life. Young people, God wants you to have a driver. But you can't have that. Living by the world, for the world. As we close the story, both men are pronounced dead. Kenny, who was not a Christian, he had been married just three years. He and his wife were really enjoying that relationship. He was there on the pavement, and he felt something really weird. His spirit left the body. That's what happens. And he was immediately whisked away, and it wasn't up. It was down. Right down into hell. Kenny went into hell. And while he was there, he began to see the panoramic view of what he deserved, in his words, knowing about God, but not knowing God. We're in good time, folks. Knowing about God, but not knowing God. And he said in all of those flash moments while he was there, he began to feel the heat and the torment of hell, but at a very limited level. No, I'm not trying to scare you into heaven. If your will will not bow to the foot of the cross, don't worry. Keep doing what you're doing. You're in trouble. You're in serious trouble. No, I don't try to scare anybody into the kingdom. Because if it was fear that brought you in, that wasn't God because there's no fear in the kingdom. It's love. 
There's no fear in the kingdom of God. So I'm not trying to fear you into making a decision. But you are going to grapple with the reality that you don't want to go to this place. And you won't forget this service even if you don't come back next week to hear what Jesus had to say. Which is so penetrating it breaks me every time I think about speaking. The awesome responsibility that we have. Any of you that have ever spoke here in the time that you've been with us, any time that my son has ministered, any time that I've ministered, we're going to have a report card. So while he's there, he begins to feel the intensity of what this is all about. And he begins to realize that he had heard much about God, but he didn't know God because the Bible says the only way that you get to know God as your father is through Jesus Christ. And he had no experience with Jesus. Have you had an experience with Jesus? Do you know Jesus this morning? Is your name written down in the Lamb's book of life? He said then within moments after being there, there was like angels that appeared. The demonic forces were already there. And he said, just like that, my spirit was lifted right out of And put back into my body. And I was in the hospital for 27 days in a coma. As they worked to get the bullet out of my head. Today he's living a normal life. When he came to, the Lord Jesus spoke to him and said, I provided you one more opportunity to come into the kingdom that I've provided. For all of those who have said yes to me. Kenny and his wife came to know the Lord Jesus Christ. She did before he did. She did it while he was in those 27 days. And she immediately began to pray for her husband. They are both born again believers. New natures, new life, serving the resurrected Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, this morning, there's a place that none of us deserve to go. It wasn't made for us. It was made for the enemy, that would be Satan, and all of his fallen angels. That's what Jesus said it was originally made for. It wasn't made for you. You don't have to go there. There isn't a party going on in hell. There's celebration in heaven for every name that's written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. That's the conclusion of part one of this two-part series. I want so bad to go right ahead and launch in to next week. But if you thought this was a little bit tough, wait till you hear the words of Jesus next Sunday. It's time for us to be serious about living, but have fun living on the right side. And I'm trying to do both. Living serious, but I'm having fun. Kicking back, enjoying life, laughing, giggling, enjoying every moment. But never underestimating the power and the tug of darkness as it pulls souls into a Christless eternity. As I close this message, there have been others that across the world, across the nations, maybe in London, where Pastor Kurt is preaching today, that have slipped into a Christless eternity while I've been preaching just these short moments. This morning, I want to ask a very simple question. Is there anyone here in this house this morning that would say, Pastor, I have never, ever considered the reality of hell. And I'm not right, and I'm not ready. But today's my day. I invite you to stand up and come and walk right to the front. I'll meet you here. I'll have others that will meet you. I'm not right and I'm not ready. Is there anyone? The last piece that the Lord asked me to uh, lay out before our house is this. And this is not an invitation for you to come to the front. 
This is an invitation for those who respond to this to stand. Are there individuals in the body of Christ this morning here that know friends, colleagues, athletes, classmates, family members who are not ready nor right and you'd like to stand on their behalf? I need a couple of the ladies to come. We've got some down front. I need a couple of the ladies to come. I need Jamie and Shelly to come. Man, when people step out, we're standing across the house because we have friends and colleagues. Go ahead and begin to minister to these that are here in the front. Okay, find out what their need is. Come on, good, beautiful. Find out what the need is. And I want you to, if it's salvation, lead them into that relationship with Jesus Christ. We across the house are standing because we either have colleagues, family members, friends, or athletic partners. Guys that I've coached that I'm, I'm very concerned about. Not coaching anymore, but still coaching. But we're standing across the house in prayer that God will give us an opportunity to simply let them know don't believe the hype don't don't believe the hype there's no party going on down there the party is in heaven as i pray <clears throat> those that are standing in the in the house I want you to call out your friend's name. That's not being irrelevant, irrelevant, irreverent when I'm praying. I want you to call out their names. <clears throat> call out family members. Call out your friends. Maybe it's someone you play out at recess with. Maybe it's someone you meet at Dunkin' Donuts. I don't know where they are. But I want you to call their name out as I pray. Let's go to the Lord. <clears throat> Father, we thank you for those that have come to the front. And I thank you that salvation is an open door. And I thank you that they're getting their names written down for sure in the Lamb's book of life. I thank you for that. Let this be a day of destiny for them. And now, Father, for many of us who are standing, we know of friends, we know family members, we know distant relatives, we know colleagues, we know athletes, we may even know teachers who do not know Jesus Christ. I'm asking Church, are we calling out names right now? I'm asking that as names are being called out, as names are being spoken, I'm asking that you will do a mighty work, a divine intervention. And it could be through us in the days ahead, or it could be through others during these days. But we're asking that hearts will be turned towards home. And that salvation will be given to our friends and our family members and those that we work with, those who we laugh with, those who we giggle with. I ask in Jesus' name, salvation, open doors. Water of life and bread of life, come. Jesus, invite them to the table. And I praise you, and I thank you for what you're doing in this incredible area of Florida. And Father, I thank you that you've made it very clear this morning that you have provided eternal life for every person. Whosoever will may come. In Jesus' name, we celebrate eternal life. We celebrate what you've provided. We're going to be linked up together throughout the ages. We thank you for our salvation. And I ask that you would forgive us for taking it so lightly when it costs so much. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, oh, no, no, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm going to ask you where you need for God to forgive you. For what, Pastor? For taking lightly what cost him so much. All over this room. For me, it's something like this, Father. After all these years of ministry, it's so easy for me to get blindsided. 
to get caught up with the rush of so many things that I forget what you purchased. I forget what you bought for us. I forget what you did for me, how you turned my life completely around. And I apologize. I ask that you forgive me. May I be more sensitive, aware of the grace and the mercy, the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed to make me whole, to break all those bad habits, all those improper moments. I thank you. They're forever gone. All over this house, make, make, make your prayer to him this morning. Because we're about to get our praise on. We're about to have a little fun. There ain't no party in hell. Party's in heaven. Party's on earth as we make our way to heaven. How will, how will I know that everything's done? Great question. When I start hearing some amens, I know we're there. Across this house, people just saying amen. Amen. Make things right with the Lord. Make things right with the Lord. Your amen's got to be a little bit louder so I can hear it. All over these, all over the room. Amen. Why not? That's what you should do. Like, yep. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Thanks for listening to this edition of Forward Church Online. We hope this has been a blessing in your life and that you'll share this and other great resources with your friends. We want to invite you to explore our webpage at www.myforwardchurch.org. There, you'll find online giving, church events, and so much more. Be sure to connect with us on Facebook and Twitter as there's always something happening around Forward Church. If you're ever in our area, we'd like to extend an invitation to come be a part of one of our live worship experiences. Thanks again for listening to the Forward Church online podcast. Have a great week.